Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi and welcome back and um, it's really really windy here at the moment so I've got my earphones in and I hope you can't pick up on all the sounds because at the moment I've got no tiles on the roof in the room that I'm recording at so it sounds horrendous so if it's a bit of background noise I do apologize but bear with me. So the title of this episode is why does it cost so much to see a therapist and I've been toying with the idea of doing a recording around this for quite a while for a couple of reasons. Um, I think us psychotherapists, counsellors and various other people get a bad press for the amount that we charge to see clients privately. Um, I, I had my first um, lurker, stalker, whatever you want to call them, um, a couple of months back. And it took me by surprise because it was a comment that was on something that I was offering for free. Um, there was a bit of misunderstanding on using the coupon to access things for free. So that kind of might have been some reason why this person commented. But it was for free. You put in a coupon and you got a free anxiety introduction course on that. Um, but then this person went into a bit of a, a, you know, I don't want to say a rant because it was online and it wasn't a rant, but went on to explain her thoughts around certain things. And this person made quite a lot of assumptions about me that I was um, trained through the NHS and I was employed with them. And then I'd left to go and do um, private practice and none of that is true I wasn't trained through the NHS I have never worked for the NHS and I certainly didn't get trained by somebody for free and then move away my whole ethos around helping people is it goes back years and years I'm a people pleaser and I would do anything to help anybody as hopefully a lot of the people that know me will vouch for that so I just wanted to kind of explore the topic of why not just me, but why um, counsellors and psychotherapists charge the amount that they do. It is a sliding scale. A lot of it does depend on where you work, whether you're employed by somebody or whether you're self-employed. Um, the hours that you work, your experience, lots of things come into it. So this is just kind of my take on things. And as I always say, and have I have said lots and lots of times in the past, we do filter out certain bits of information. So this is my thoughts and my take on the reason why we charge what we charge. So the first thing, um, I was trained by a private institute in Manchester, um, the uh, transactional analysis place in Manchester by a wonderful blog. And it cost me an awful lot of money. It took me four years to be qualified. 
and I'm not a certified transactional analysis because in order to be a certified transactional analysis, I would have to continue and do about eight more years of training and it would cost me an absolute bloody fortune, excuse my French, but I am qualified to use tractional, transactional analysis as a psychotherapist, which is really confusing. When I was doing my training, I thought this is it. Once I've done my four years, everything stops and hunky dory and I can go off. Halfway through, I found out that actually that's not the case. And I would have to be a member of so many different groups that would cost me so much money. I would have to go to training abroad. I would have to go and sit before a panel of people in, I think it was bloody Belgium or somewhere. Again, this is me just talking off the top of my head. So a lot of these facts might not be right, but I can talk about my situation and how things panned out for me, which is what I'm going to do. So anyway, um, my training was done in Manchester and it took me four years. Um, I paid a lot of money for my training. There was a quote somewhere that it costs upwards of £30,000. I have a reaction when I think how much money it has probably cost me. It costs upwards of £30,000 to get qualified to do the job that I do. So along with, um, I used to go one weekend every month. Um, I had, you know, things that I needed to do. We were there for the full weekend. Um, we did lots of training. We did lots of practicals. After two years, I was then, I passed my competencies so that I could then start to see clients, even though I was still in my training and things were overseen and I did a low cost clinic within the institute where you know clients could access that for a lower cost and as trainees we would see them and it was a fantastic setup and I would advocate anybody doing it that way it fit really comfortably with me because I didn't just get a qualification and then was released out into the world to do wonderful things I felt like I needed hand-holding for a certain amount of time, which is why we did two years of training. And then we passed a competency within that training. And then for the next two years, we were seeing clients and getting free supervision within the organization. And it, it felt a really comfortable way of doing it. And I 100% wholeheartedly am pleased that I did that training. But along with the four years of training, I needed to access my own personal therapy throughout that four years. Um, and off the top of my head, I think it was about somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds a week that I needed to spend for my own personal therapy on top of that. So, so far, we've got 30,000 pounds for the training. Um, that, I believe, did include my own personal therapy which was in its own I've, I've added this up I've had my calculator out. that on its own was over ten thousand pounds over the four years shocking I can't believe that this amount of money has kind of passed through me so the commitment of doing that I think there's 52 weeks in the year and we were allowed to take six weeks off if my recollection serves me right um, throughout that year Otherwise, you know, holidays, we could take certain amount of holidays off and things like that. But throughout the year, even though the, 
the term for us as in our training kind of went from it stopped at July and then started again in September like an academic year did we could only take six weeks off from personal therapy so that needed to continue all through the four years we also needed to be a member of UCARTA which is the UK Association for Transactional Analysis which um, at the time I believe it was about £160 a year so we needed to be a member of that body to say that we were training and within the organisation. Um, along with that in order to be recognised um, we needed to do 30 hours of continuous professional development every year and I still I like training so I still do that I'm I'm mentored by people, I'm in groups, um, so, so I do do that quite regular. Um, if something interests me, then I will seek out training um, to do that. So, you know, com continuous professional development can be reading a book. I have loads of books, Michael Neal, love Michael Neal at the moment. Um, I'm running sort of a bit of a course based on his um, super coach book with my membership at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I read books, I've got audio audible um so i'm constantly listening to other therapists and their take on things and if something tweaks my interest then i will go away and, and learn about it um so yes continuous professional development supervision this this was a biggie um so not only was i doing my um weekly personal therapy but we needed to do supervision and over the four years that I was training, the last two, that was done within the organisation. But as soon as I was qualified and got my diploma, then I needed to pay for supervision outside of that, um, which averages out, I think it's about £60 an hour for supervision. So again, that you know, this is all mounting up now as to the reasons why therapists and counsellors do charge the amount that they charge. Um, so yeah, we needed supervision. You don't just have an hour of supervision ad hoc or willy-nilly. It depends on how many clients you are seeing throughout the week as to how many hours of supervision that you have. And that varies across the board, dependent on what modality you are training in can you see how difficult this is and how much stuff that you need to be aware of not only when you go into this but also when you're practicing um so for every eight hours seeing a client we were expected to have at least um one and a half hours of supervision so that one and a half hours of supervision would cost on average 90 to 100 pounds um, for every eight hours of clients that we were seeing but that varies and if you've got a client um, that you might have a lot of questions about you needed to up that so it, it varies as to how much supervision every counsellor or every therapist will access so that's an, that's another cost is the sort of 60 plus pounds for supervision along with that with transactional analysis we couldn't see any supervisor. We needed to see somebody that was a supervisor in transactional analysis, which because, you know, it is quite a specific area. Um, they were quite few and far between. So I needed to travel quite a way in order to see this person um, to get supervision from them. So that that was another cost that was done. Um, 
the BACP, which is the British Association of Counselors and Psychotherapists, which is well known, the counselling directory, that's, that's kind of the thing. Um, but in order to do that, I needed to go through another set of competencies. I needed to go through to somewhere in Manchester and sit a, an online test to prove that I could pass my competencies, which I, I did do. I passed it and I was a member of the BACP. Um, I needed to be a member of the BACP in order to advertise on the therapist directory. So there's another two costs that are involved in this. So the BACP membership was £170 a year-ish. Um, again, these are going off my memory. Um, also to be on the therapist directory, it was £76 a year in order to have your um, name and address and basic website stuff on there to advertise. So when people type in um, psychotherapy directory and post in your local area, um, and you see pictures coming up and you either like the person by the picture or you don't, whichever way, you know, that that is for you. Um, that's what they've done. They've become a member of the BACP, whether the course was on the list of accepted courses or like mine, where it wasn't because it was transactional analysis, psychotherapy and not a counselling course. I needed to go in and sit a, um, a, a test or an, an online exam to prove that I was competent to see clients before they would accept me into it. So then to advertise, you've got to pay extra money in order to do that. On top of that now, um, we need to be signed up with GDPR, which is a data protection thing, which is another 80 pounds a year. Um, I'm looking, I think that's pretty much it. Insurance, personal insurance, um, liability insurance, we need to have that, um, which again, there's a cost. It depends which provider you go to and what your cover is and everything else, but we need to have personal insurance. If uh, I'm quite lucky, I see clients when I'm doing face-to-face, -face, I'm not doing that at the moment because of, because of coronavirus. But when I was, I've got a room in an annex off my house that I see clients. So I'm, I'm quite lucky in that. But if you were somebody that didn't and you needed to rent a room, then obviously you've got the room rent on top of that um, that you would need to do. There's also the, the social media side of things and the advertising and the domain names and the domain hosting and all that stuff that's on top of it. I use Dropbox um, and Canva to do stuff on social media, memes and little snippets and things like that. I also have to pay for Zoom where I see clients online. So I've got that to pay out every 12 months. Um, what else do I, I? I pay for lots of things. So I haven't worked this out on a, a weekly basis because I think I would be quite shocked and I'm probably working for less than minimum wage if I totted everything up. So where am I going with all of this? Um, I stepped away from a lot of that. I have on my website and all my social media, yes, I am qualified as a psychotherapist. Yes, I have my own personal insurance. Yes, I have my GDPR um, you know, registration done. Yes, I um, do things on Zoom and everything. So I know that I am doing all that I can, but I stepped away from the BACP. 
I stepped away from being part of all those memberships. One, because it did mean that I needed to pass a lot of that cost on to my clients, but also because I found it to be quite clicky and quite restricted. I felt like I didn't have that much of a choice as to what continuous professional development I did. In order for it to count, it needed to be something to do with transactional analysis. Um, you know, my supervisor needed to be transactional analysis based. There was lots of things that I felt quite restricted on. So I chose to step away from that. Um, so that's that's just my personal account on one of the reasons why people charge the price that they do to be a psychotherapist in private practice. Um, the other thing that was quite restricted in a lot of this was who I could see. Word of mouth is a, is a fantastic way to advertise what you do. If, if you have a client and you've helped them through, you know, a, a certain trauma in their life or you've helped them set a goal and carry that goal out or, or whatever it is, they hopefully recommend you to the people around them. You know, they talk about you in a positive light. That's fantastic. <laughs> but I wouldn't have been... I want to say allowed, but I'm sure some people do, but it wouldn't have been seen as ethical for me to see anybody that knew that person, um, any members of their family, anybody that they worked close with, um, anybody that we knew between us, they would kind of have to be referred on to somebody else. So word of mouth isn't a way for me to advertise what I do. Um, so there was there was a lot of ethical considerations. I, I consider myself to be a very ethical psychotherapist. Um, I won't see people that I don't feel like I've got the right skills in order to help them. I wouldn't see people that were part of my family um, because I would have too much information about their background and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I wouldn't see people necessarily that I worked with personally. But if I have a client um, that, that comes to see me and the child is going through a, a period at the moment with COVID and everything else that's suffering from anxiety, I will be happy to see a child of a previous client. Um, whereas that might not have been acceptable if I was part of all these memberships and bodies and everything. It, it's a bit of a minefield really over you know, who we should see and who we shouldn't see. Obviously, confidentiality comes into it and practicing in an ethical way, which I do, I do feel both of those. I am 100% behind and agree with all of it. So that's the reason why a lot of people have to advertise on the psychotherapy directory or the counselling directory, because it's the only way that we can access um <clears throat> new clients that haven't got any connection with any existing clients um that would mean that you're you know i needed to go online i need to do a lot of online um therapy which to start off with i wasn't very confident to do um i'm more confident now i've been doing this job for quite a while but to start off in the early days i felt like i needed to be in a room with the person so that i could you know observe them and get a feel for them and make a connection with them so 
I was cutting out a lot of the people that I could help in my area because I was specifically only seeing people face to face. And if word of mouth couldn't be used for them to talk to people that they worked with or other members of their family in order to come and see me, it was literally people were dropping off constantly. Um, so that was why I made a conscious decision to, to do what I do. I hope that's clear and I've not bamboozled you with, with loads of stuff. Um, but ultimately, it's just a way of me to express and explain why we as counsellors and psychotherapists need to charge the price that we do a lot of the time. Yes, it does vary whether you're in the middle of Manchester or down in London, and it does vary dependent on your experience and the type of people that you work with. I try to keep my hourly rate for face-to-face -face clients as low as I feasibly can. But I have outgoings. Um, yes, it's my job. Yes, I need to pay my mortgage just like everybody else does. But there's also added outgoings on top of that, as in the insurance and being, you know, having things registered with GDPR and doing my continuous professional development and paying for Zoom and paying for all these online things that I'm now having to do because I can't see people face to face. Um, as I said, I'm lucky I don't need to pay for rent. That's not an added thing that I, I have on top of everything. So what have I done to try and access more people? Um, I started a membership that I'm just going to spend a little bit of time talking about. One, the reason why I set that up and two, what that actually involves. So I set that up not in order to give people therapy in a group setting that's not what the membership is about it's about me helping and supporting people based on therapeutic principles so it's not a substitute for therapy I would recommend you know anybody and everybody no matter what they're going through at the moment um, if they feel like they need support is to access one-to-one -one private therapy it's it's the best it really is um, but for people that can't access that, then my membership is a way of having somebody with therapeutic principles in mind offering help and support. When I was starting up the membership, I went on a lot of courses um, and a lot of support groups around anxiety. And I was feeling so anxious because these groups didn't seem to be moderated by anybody that had experience from a therapeutic place yes these are fantastic groups and they're probably moderated and set up by people that have suffered from anxiety stress overwhelm and all those things themselves so they have an insider view of it which is is absolutely fantastic but it, it tended to be a lot of people talking about a lot of things around anxiety a lot of the time and that can trigger other people that that it was triggering me as a psychotherapist so just a word of warning about the support groups and things like that that are out there yes they serve a purpose and I'm not saying don't join them but just be mindful of you you might get triggered by some of the conversations that go on in there and also that they're not always moderated by people that have experience from a counselling or a therapeutic background so my membership is different to that um, there's lots of courses that are available. I'm constantly running courses in the background. 
because it's not just about what happens in the therapy room it's about me trying to encourage my clients to be proactive in making a change um, it's about me encouraging my clients to learn more about what it's like to be a human being what happens when we're triggered when I'm anxious what's happening in my body I'm not a medical person and don't claim to be so but I understand how you know certain processes take place in our body and that we can you know feel emotions in certain ways so we we talk about those sort of things we talk about um lots of stuff that runs in the background not necessarily the issues clients are free and members of my membership club are free to talk about things what are going on for them in that moment but the way that we discuss it within the group is not one-to-one -one therapy um, I don't give clients one-to-one -one therapy in the membership um, I would encourage them they can talk to me they can message me and everything and I would encourage them to come and see me so the membership is more about support from like-minded people um, a lot of the people in my membership who have are going through or have been through similar things sorry I'm not sure if you can hear me rustling around but my earphones are falling off my head um, so so that's the first thing the other thing we do um, a weekly zoom on a, a Friday at half past eight UK time where we can discuss whatever training course has been on that week anything that's come up for them around that training course any insights that they've had you know the positive stuff that's going on how they've made a change and what they've done and i encourage the members of this group to be proactive in making a change this might not go down very well but i'm going to say it anyway just because you pay money to a therapist or a counselor or pay a subscription to something does not mean that change will automatically happen. You have to be invested in it. It's kind of like, you know, an example off the top of my head would be playing, paying, paying for Netflix subscription every month and not turning your television on and then whinging because there wasn't any programs being shown to you. That's the same kind of thing. If you're paying to see a, a counsellor or a therapist every week you need to be invested in making a change for yourself if you're paying a, a subscription to be part of a group or a membership around anxiety or around I don't know childbirth or around how to fix your car or whatever it is you need to be proactive in that group you need to ask questions you need to to start to make a change and you know practically and physically do something yourself in order to make that change happen it's not going to just happen to you yes we have insights yes we can think about things differently that ultimately will impact on how we respond and react to what's going on around us but we need to be in the game in order to make a change. So just paying people money to be part of something does not automatically mean that your life is going to get any better. So I would actively encourage anybody to, to invest in themselves. One, it's part of you know our self-care and being selfless. And it's really important that we are encouraged and feel able to do that. Um, but it's not just about investing the money in it. It's about investing the time and the effort and the energy because it does take effort and energy in order to make a change. Um, 
so yeah that that's me getting off my soapbox now um so if you want to know more about the membership if you want to work with me on a one-to-one -one basis then you can contact me at any time jackie at jackiejones.co.uk you can find me on social media jackie jones coaching um yeah just just reach out and get in touch if you've got any questions or anything and i hope that goes some way to explaining and exploring some of the background stuff around um, counsellors and psychotherapists because I think sometimes people get the wrong impression of of us. Um, yes, I'm a people pleaser. You know, I've I started my working career as a hairdresser, um, which was an unpaid therapist because believe me, some of the things us ladies share when we're sat in that hairdressing seat. I think that was probably the start of it. Um, I'm not going into my personal background and, and why I'm a people pleaser. But yes, I was a hairdresser. Um, then I got married and had children. And my first job was as a nursery nurse. Um, I qualified as a nursery nurse and then worked for Stafford College in the community, working with parents and children. And I think that kind of started the whole ball rolling for me. Um, so as a, a nursery nurse and as a tutor and working in schools with children, I did a breakfast club and after school club for the local primary school. I worked in the reception class of the local primary school. Um, I then went on to run a pub, whether you could say that I was playing mother to all the people that came into my pub. That's that's something um, I did have rules and boundaries. That's part of being a parent and a, a caregiver. I went, then went on to be a foster carer. I was a foster carer for 13 years, which again, there's lots of things that I've done in order to take care of other people. So it does, it does hit something in me when I get accused of making money out of people's suffering, or I get accused of, you know, hitting people when they're down or whatever it is because that's that's not who I am and that's not the reason why most counsellors and psychotherapists or support workers go into this job often people that work with people that have addictions have been addicted themselves they know what it's like to be on the receiving end of it and they just want to pay it forward they want to help other people but often at a cost to themselves you know it, it, we need to pay out certain things in order for us to do the job that we do so just bear that in mind if ever you're thinking why why do they charge so much why do they charge these people that are struggling and suffering so much money often it's because of the stuff that goes on in the background um most Oh, no, I shouldn't say most because that's making assumptions, but a lot of us do have low cost clients. A lot of us do attempt to pay it forward in in the best way that we can do it. And one of the ways that I've chosen to do that um, over the, the past, so it's quite a while now, um, I do free stuff on social media as well. So it's not that everything I do, I charge for. I do have a free private group for parents and one for the therapy side on Facebook that I would be more than happy for people to join. Again, you check out my website, jackiejones.co.uk, and you can see all the free stuff that I do on there. Um, so yeah, that's that's me getting off my soapbox now. I'm gonna upload this onto YouTube and um, do it as this week's podcast episode. So yeah, just just be mindful of 
the fact that us counsellors and psychotherapists do have feelings and we we do need to pay our mortgage just like everybody else does and most of us if not all of us do do as much as we can for free but it's not therapy it can't be therapy if we're doing it um for free in an online platform like my free groups are not therapy they are based on therapeutic principles which is completely different in order to to have therapy with me on a one-to-one -one basis you need to be fully invested and committed to to that you need to um, sign a contract with me that, that we both agree to we need to have you know a process a, a, an end goal we need to have a therapeutic plan mapped out and it, it's completely different to offering the support that I do in my membership and the free stuff that I do online so there are two separate sides to this um, that I kind of just wanted to voice so I hope that's helped. Feel free to get in touch and I shall be back very soon with something maybe a little more lighthearted than what this one's been. Take care and I'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living Life Being Human podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.